From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills and Mike alongside Joe Medor up until 7 o'clock today on the Sports Fan on this 22nd day of June. 6.06 on the clock and 69 degrees and sunny outside in southeast Ohio. This is the Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting. And it was a whirlwind of emotions over the past couple of hours, Joey. Because I was one Tyler Naquin swing away from being very, very upset today as it was, a uh, thankfully, a win for the Reds. Uh, again, Reds beat the uh, Very, beat the very twins. upset, huh? Oh, I was going to be very upset. I don't, don't, no one wants to see that. That's, uh... <laughs> uh, all my positivity that JW has praised me for will go out the window with these Reds. Uh, but the Reds, again, beat the Twins today 10-7, to and uh, Twins beat the Reds yesterday. And uh, that, that game happened 7-5, uh, to five, and which really should never have been a loss. I mean, you got to get the win after you score the two runs in the top of the 10th. But we got a full show to talk about it today. Joey, how are you? Doing well. Uh, nice day outside today after a torrential downpour uh, yesterday. I mean, it, it, it rained for like 10 consecutive hours. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I couldn't but, uh, believe it. Yeah, and it never let up either. It was, you know, consistently hard the whole time. But a uh, nice day today. Sunshine and got out, played a little bit of basketball earlier for the first time in a while. Gonna feel sore a little bit later. I might feel sore a little bit already, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, that's what happens. I mean, once everybody gets back up and going again, yeah, you get a little sore. When was the last time you played bas- uh, basketball? God, um, like organized like that. Well, how organized was, was your basketball today? I was three. Did you just... It was three on three. All right. Was, I mean, any. Well, it was pretty. So just a pickup game. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're playing actual rule, half court. Because if we played full court, I would say. <laughs> I would have probably turned around and went back home, to be honest with you. But um, <laughs> uh, last time, uh, probably before COVID, because uh, we used to always play after Hardwood Heroes on Sundays when we had the meetings. You were a part of that for a couple of years. You'd go to ping and play yep. for a little bit. We always did that. Uh, so it was probably like last February was the last time I played. Like, I mean, I've, I've shot a basketball in between now and then, but this is the first time I played an actual game type of situation. Yeah, I was not good. I, my one crowning achievement, and if Lucas Moore is listening, I stole the ball away from him at half court. And then I tripped and uh, the ball got away. <laughs> uh, but I got the steal. <laughs> and that's all. And I'm matters. sure he was still livid about it afterwards. Uh, maybe. Who knows? He was not the most fun to play <laughs> basketball against. No. Not because of his skill, because of his demeanor on the court. He was competitive. It's is the, is the nice way I'll put it. His demeanor yes. on the court. Yes, he was competitive. You can't fault him for that. Uh, but, again, the Reds were competitive over the past you know, couple of hours. Uh, it was a early game for them today at 12:40. They've got their next game will be against, I believe, the Braves coming up on Thursday. They've got the off day tomorrow. Uh, I want to start with yesterday's game because yesterday's game, I said that you know it would be a lost season if you lose to Jay Happ uh, if you can't get to him, and they did get to him a little bit, right? I mean, Mally went had the four one, innings, three run inning. Yeah, they had oh, one. Uh, I mean, it was more rare uh, for Mally not having a quality start for the first time. I think. His last seven starts were all marked down as quality starts in the stat sheet. And um, to some was a quick and right. Couldn't quite find the zone as consistently as in other games. He was getting poked around a little bit, but uh, still had eight strikeouts. He, he battled. Um, but obviously you would have liked to see him get a little bit further in the game because, you know, only getting four innings, you have to use the bullpen a lot. I mean, I think they ended up burning through like seven arms in yesterday's game because, of course, he ended up going to, to extra innings as well and uh, find another way. To, to lose a game that uh, they're winning, and that you know you have the pen in there trying to just close the game out. Um, it's starting to become a bit of a trend here in in that in what that was a five game losing slide. They were able to make it up in today's game, but you know you really wanted them to to kind of I don't know kind of steady the ship against a team eleven games below five hundred. A, a pitcher who's been pretty bad this year out on the mound against you. Um, and like you said, they did have that one inning where they did score three runs, and they got them out of there pretty quickly. Only got through four and two-thirds. But I don't think this lineup that the Reds have been running out there this year that's had so much success will be satisfied with uh, with that game against that pitcher. No, probably not. And again, I mean, the Reds, uh, yeah, they got the win today, so I'm not as distraught as I, uh, I would have been. But then again, you know, it's... 
it, it's a game, it's a series that I thought they could have gotten the two-game sweep. But, again, you got to lose a couple of games. Just yesterday's game was a bad loss. We open up the phone lines now. Caller, you are on the sports fan. Hey, Connor, it's Trevor. Hey, uh, Trevor. What's uh, going on? Calling and check in. Yeah, all good. And, uh, you know, talk a little bit about the Cincinnati Reds and their couple of, uh, <laughs> a couple of games. But you're over at the um, College World Series now, right? Yep, so we're, I'm in Omaha for the College World Series, so in between games. So Texas eliminated Tennessee this afternoon, and Mississippi State gets ready to take on Virginia in the night game. Oh, nice. I know a guy on Virginia. I went to high school with the guy in Virginia. I hope he hasn't been uh, in the lineup too consistently. Um, but Do you know his name? or he's Chris, like, he's Christian Holinka. I, 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 I know the guy's name. <laughs> Uh, but Christian Olenka, who's an outfielder, he actually left high school early to go to Virginia. Uh, and he was, I think at the time that he left high school, he was the RBI leader at, at, at my school. So, I mean, he was a pretty talented kid. Um, and then over on what, Mississippi, State's, uh, Mississippi State in Virginia? Yeah. So Mississippi, I have to take another call. I will call you guys back. Sounds good, Trevor. That's uh, Trevor Stevens calling in from uh, College World Series out in Omaha, Nebraska. That's a pretty fun event that you guys can get to. Um, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the College World Series as that progresses on uh, throughout the week. Uh, but back to the Cincinnati Reds, right? And, and with the Reds, again, disappointing loss yesterday. And I think it, I heard uh, Tommy Thrall on the broadcast today say that there's no question about this team's resolve, right? And when he says something like that, and I'm not questioning, you know, their mental toughness, right? I mean, they put together a big stretch of games where they were able to get a couple of wins in a row, and they were able to get themselves within 500, right? Above. And above. I mean, they were one game above 500 at that time. Um, but then again, you know, it is a, um, for the Reds, it is a, uh, not a question about their resolve. But it is a big question about their bullpen and just their bullpen. I'm, it, I'm not questioning their resolve either. But on the other end, you know, it, it is a, um, you know, it's almost like a broken record just repeating that their bullpen has not been unable to uh, to hold any leads. I mean, to get to the bottom of the tenth inning, and you know, Doolittle blows the save. He's got close to a five ERA. Then you get to the. It was a five-hour game yesterday. You get to the bottom of the 12th, and you get to Hembry, and Hembry gives up the two runs. So, I mean, it was just a, uh, a disappointing loss yesterday, but it looks like uh, Trevor called back in, and uh, Trevor, you're back on the sports fan. Let's see, going once. Trevor, are you yeah, there? So oh, there you are. Yes, I was muted, so, yep, I'm back. Oh, it's good to have you back. And uh, Enjoying Omaha, Nebraska, Trevor? Yeah, so I grew up in um, I grew up in Lincoln, so we have a, so I've been around the world series basically since I was born. So it's always fun to come back up here. It's disappointing that some of the kid activities, like the fan fest and autographs and stuff, they have camp they canceled because we've done planning earlier when when this event was initially set for fifty percent, they pre canceled those when it went to full capacity like it is now, they did not bring those events back. So it's kind of disappointing, but I'm having a good time. That's good. It's nice to see that there are a lot of fans out there, right? Because COVID regulations have been relaxed, but I guess not at full strength like you've been saying. So, yeah, the stadium is full capacity, but all the events, the pregame stuff that they normally have is not happening this year. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of... Normally, Fan Fest is like catching football. They have a home run derby, so mo- mostly for like kids and stuff, which is easier for the kids. Like, and it's also a big, huge youth baseball weekend here in Omaha with all tournaments. So all the kids come down and play in the tournament games, and then go to the World Series. It's it's something that if you haven't gotten the chance to do, you should try to plan a trip to the college with series. Omaha's contracted to host it like through like 50 years is what they which 
which the NCAA never gives out those big contracts. Right, and it's always a, a special event, like you've been saying. Did you see the uh, the Vanderbilt game yesterday? Then, no, I did not get to watch. Is it the day game or the last night game? I believe it was the night game, but it was the game that uh, Al Leiter's kid, Jack Leiter, uh, pitched 15 strikeouts and still lost. I think he yeah. went eight innings and got the loss. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I watched that on TV. So basically, he had a perfect game going and then a home run, which turned into be the difference in the game, which I guess, was that the was that the 1-0 game? Yeah, it was a 1-0 game and it was against uh, the Wolfpack. Yeah, so NC State, so I'll somehow unranked, unseated, and unranked NC State is one win away from playing in the CWS Finals. That's yeah, crazy. In, in Virginia, who has the top two, the second and third ranked pitchers in the country, basically, what like strike out the their starting, who's the number two finished runner up to the Arkansas pitcher for National Player of the Year. Pitched 15 strikeouts and no hair going and stay lost, which isn't crazy. So anything can happen when you get to this stage. Yeah, anything can happen. And of course, that's baseball, right? You just got to bounce back and get better the next day, right? Yep. Well, Trevor, always appreciate the call, and uh, we'll check in with you later on in the week as the College World Series progresses, all right? Yep. Thanks again, Trevor. Again, that's Athens Statistician Trevor Stevens, and good to hear from him out in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, doing the uh, College World Series and taking it in and enjoying the uh, festivities, kind of, as, as they uh, continue to go out throughout the day. That's you know, kind of a neat situation. I don't, you ever been to um, the Little League World Series, Joey? I mean, that's kind of close by to you, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I never went. Um, I was never really all that, <laughs> cared all that much about it. Right in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, right? Yep, not too much of a distance from, from you. And yeah, probably not. I think I was there once, uh, but never at the College World Series. Anymore. I guess that'll be something that comes back this summer as well. Little League World Series? Yeah. Yeah. You forget a lot of the things that used to be routine throughout, you know, just the typical summer. Mm-hmm. And well, it wasn't a typical summer last summer. It was not. Uh, that's for sure. It was not. And, uh, again, back... We were talking before the phone call about, about the Reds. And, and, again, it was not a question about the resolve. It's just a question of talent. And the talent in the bullpen has been bringing the team down. And today, it almost brought them down again. <laughs> right? I mean, they you, you, yeah, they tried. You can't give up a five-run lead. You're up by five. And you're just going to give it all right back in the bottom of the eighth inning. That close to the end of the game? Sims gives up three runs. Art Warren gives up two runs. Neither of them can get out of an inning. Yeah, Antones, they, they, they combine yeah. for one out. <laughs> uh, it's, <laughs> it's pretty... Uh... It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. How could they do that? I mean, again, they are professional... Both, both give up a home run. Both, uh, you know, multiple hits. They... Yeah, I mean, it's just... And I'm just... I'm kind of tired of... Hearing uh, uh, the Reds, they could be something this year. I, with this bullpen, no, they can't. It's just, it's, because guess what? As you've seen over the past, you know, week and a half, yeah, sure, maybe every now and then you'll you'll make up for it in the top of the ninth because your offense will bail you out. But more times than not, when you blow leads like that late in games, you end up losing the game. And, I mean, that's just what's going to continue to happen, I think, throughout this season. Um, if you can't protect a five-run lead, you have Wade Miley out on the mound. Comes out, has another great outing. Only giving up two runs over over seven innings of work. Five hits, six strikeouts. Um, you know, you had the hits. The offense came through. I mean, they gave you, like you said, a, a, a seven-run lead. Um, yeah. Excuse me, five-run lead. And uh, they just, is really struggled. They throw the ball right down the middle. And got, at, at the big league level, you can't do that. I mean, these guys just don't spot their pitches well at all. No. No. And I mean, that's what I like about seeing Gutierrez because he does. And the starting he's a pitching, starter. Yeah, I mean, starting pitching has has been, you know, outside of the talk of the criticism, right? Because again, starting has done well. But I bring up Gutierrez because he's not a hard thrower. I mean, he'll top out at ninety four, 
but his curveball, he can command it pretty well. He can locate his fastball. He locates his off-speed. He locates his fastball. That's all you need. I mean, he Gutierrez has proven himself early on this season to be a good quality pitcher. The bullpen could learn a thing or two from the rookie. Now, I mean, Sims was highly touted coming out as a prospect. I mean, he's got a 5 ERA. He's hot. He's cold. But, I mean, if you're a, a bullpen arm and you're cold, you know, there's not a whole lot of opportunities for you to uh, you know, There isn't this Reds team because they're all cold. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, any other baseball team, right? Nobody, you can't throw any of them out there and think, all right, we're going to get three outs, right? Just like that. I mean, it's crazy. And, I mean, what you see out of all these World Series teams in the past decade, and probably longer than that, but I think it really kind of stands out now because, you know, the offenses have become, you know, so that much better over the years. But all these teams, they have a great back end of the bullpen. They have a guy that goes to seventh, a guy that goes to eighth, a guy that goes to ninth. And they very rarely give up any base runners, let alone, you know, runs, home runs, everything that the Reds do. They don't have anybody. Who, who would who, – Besides Antone, who do you throw out there and say, "Yeah, we have a, we have a real good feeling that this guy is going to get out of this inning unscathed." Brad Brock's been okay at times, and I mean, I guess before today, Warren's been okay too. But all, all the rest of them, I mean, no one is, you know, Sims has been bad, Doolittle's been bad, Hendricks has been bad, Hembry's been bad. I mean, and of course, we don't have to talk about how bad Amir Garrett's been, even though he did get the save today, probably brought his ERA down to like. 8.1 or something. 8.4. <laughs> there you go. Even better. The, uh, um, and the one thing that the Cowboy was talking about with uh, Amir Garrett is that now in, in back-to-back outings, uh, Garrett has looked better, right? He's no longer just trying to get his fastball over, get his curveball over. He's started to, to kind of pitch instead of throw, uh, which is a, a nice sign if you can get Amir Garrett going. Uh, but, I mean, he really hit the bottom of the barrel before trying to get back. I mean, you, you went all the way up to a 9 ERA, and now you're starting to slowly get your way back, hopefully, and it, But even still, it wasn't a clean inning today. He still gave up a hit. And he gave up a hit. You got the, the strikeout, but you didn't give up any runs, right? I mean, you can deal with a runner on base. It's when you're, you're allowing a walk, a hit, a home run, you know, the uh, you know, walk, bloop, and a blast, right? I mean, that, those, those will kill you. Um, but in this instance, you know, Amir Garrett, back-to-back days, he has looked better. But that's not saying much because of the whole season of work, the whole body of work this year. Uh, and, again, if, if you know, the Cowboy is right, if Jeff Brantley's right about Garrett, you know, seeing the difference in how he has pitched over the last two games, you know, it's definitely a welcome sign because maybe you can rely on him a little bit more. But I'm not going to take two games over what he's done the whole season at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I, even if he pitched a shot inning, you know, every other out in the rest of the year, I think he'd still finish the year with like a 40 RA at this point. Um, yeah, but it's it's just it's bad, man. It, it they and there seems to be, you know, I don't know what the answer is, but there seems to be no kind of moves in the front office or in, within the organization to try to fix it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not at the time. And I've heard around baseball right now that, you know, the asking price before the trade deadline this far out in front of the trade deadline is a little bit higher than it's going to be as you get closer. Well, yeah, absolutely. Right. And he did see the front office make a couple of moves within the organization and calling up guys like uh, Gutierrez and Santian and and, and all those guys. Right. I mean, Santian got to hit around a little bit his last outing, but that was the podcast. But again, these are still starters. Right. There's been no relative bullpen help except for when T.J. And you had to Anton. call at Santiago because Sonny Gray got hurt. You need a fifth starter. Right. Yeah, and until, I mean, maybe you see Santillian come back, you know, in in a bullpen fashion. Maybe you shift him to the bullpen when Sonny Gray comes back. You know, maybe that can help a little bit. But then again, like, it's, you're depending on a guy coming off the I.L. and pitching pretty well. No, right. I mean, Sonny Gray is going to be back in the rotation. You can't, he will be. You're not throwing Sonny Gray in the bullpen. No, I mean, and I'm not talking about putting Gray in the bullpen. I'm talking about putting Santion in the bullpen. Yeah. Right. And again, I mean, the, the, the Reds definitely got better today because 
T.J. Antone came off the I.L. And Antone has been their most reliable guy out of the bullpen. And, you know, looking at this hindsight, right? In that eighth inning, Warren comes in. And Warren had a, had a one ERA, right? I don't fault David Bell for putting in Art Warren and him in this situation. Because Warren had proved himself up until this point. He had a bad inning. You bring in Lucas Sims. And looking at this again, I would have put in T.J. Antone after Warren failed. Warren right. faced, or Sims faced three guys. They all got hits. Well, he couldn't. And that's, that's the other thing in baseball, right? Because Sims could not have come out of the game, even if, all right, you pitch him one pitch, one batter, and he doesn't look good. You still have those baseball rules that say, you know, you got to pitch to three guys yeah. if you've come in. Uh, so I wonder if, you know, David Bell would have pulled Lucas Sims before that game got tied. Because the way that he pitched, he wasn't looking good. And maybe you bring in Antone a little bit sooner, but you had to leave him out there to dry because that's just what the uh, what the rule is in Major League Baseball. This yeah, year. and I mean, it is encouraging to uh, see that he came in and did get those two outs in that inning, one of them being a strikeout. Of course, he did give up a hit that allowed a run to score. The run was charged to Sims, so Antone gets the blown save. But ends up getting the victory. I mean, I mean it's what's the flip side of what the Reds did do today, and that was... You know, have a kind of an out, an offensive outburst that uh, we haven't really seen too much uh, in the in the past. You know, the Padres series and then uh, the past couple games. But I mean, the unsung hero today, and I think he's kind of been that all season because it's easy to talk about what Castellanos and Winker have done. But as I've brought up the past couple of weeks, you know, the team leader in RBIs has been Tyler Naquin this whole season, and uh, he came up big today with a uh, four-for-four four performance, including that, that three-run jack in the ninth inning to uh, kind of flip the fortunes there because, uh, you know, it, it was l- looking like the, 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 that losing streak was going to end up, you know, extending to six. But uh, he comes up with a big swing, had another good day at the plate. Um, he's got the average. He's been hovering around 260 all season, which you'll, you'll take out of a guy who's going to drive in that many runs and hit the ball out of the ballpark. So Yeah, and I wonder what it would have looked like if Joey Votto was not suspended today, right? Because Joey Votto was suspended two games originally. He was he appealed the decision, and he's now just suspended one game, and he took that suspension today uh, against the Twins. And you had Stevenson in there who went 0-4, two strikeouts, did score a run, though. Um, but you had Stevenson at first base, and then Tucker Barnhart behind the plate. And Tucker Barnhart had himself a day at the plate going three for four with three RBIs and two runs scored. So, again, Joey Votto can, you know, affect a lineup when he's in there. uh, But really having him out of the lineup and allowing for both Barnhart and, I mean, again, Stevenson didn't do a whole lot, scored a run, went 0 for four. But really getting Barnhart in there behind the plate because Stevenson and Barnhart have been shifting, you know, roles, who catches on what day. Uh, but having them both in there helped you know, this lineup, uh, you know, score the 10 runs today. So even though it's not good to see Votto suspended for one game because of his actions against the umpires in the one San Diego Padres game, uh, you know, it indirectly helped today, I guess. Yeah, you even saw a, a rare home run from from Barnhart in uh, in today's game. So again, it That's, was yeah, it was a good uh, good offensive showing, uh, and hopefully. They uh, carry some momentum because who they got the Braves this weekend, don't they? Four games. Yeah, they got the Braves. You have to deal with uh, Ronald Cunha Jr., who's been hot. Um, Freddie Freeman's been hitting the ball pretty hard for the Braves, even though he's MVP got a, last year. Yeah, well, he he's batting this year around 240, but the way that he hits the ball, and I don't know if it's defensive shifts or whatever for Freeman, but you know, his expected batting average, right? I mean, if you take a look at where he hits the ball and how hard he hits the ball. You know, somehow the stat gurus are able to determine what his, you know, expected batting average should be, and that's around 303. But you know, Freeman's only batting 240. So you take a look at the average, and maybe you're not too impressed. But then you take a look at what he's been doing. You know, that, that's going to shift around, and uh, I I got to imagine that Freeman's going to be hitting higher towards the end of the year. But um, you know, Braves are a good team. I mean, they're they're not too far up in the NL Central. Or NL, uh, NL East in division, but you know, and I, I go back to what uh, J.W. Smith said yesterday. You travel outside of the NL Central, 
and teams are going to be more difficult. Not always how it used to be, but they will be a little bit more difficult uh, to go out there and beat, especially with the way that your, your bullpen has been performing. The bats will take you there, but the bullpen has to hold up. And outside of the NL Central, it has not held up at all. Yeah, so, I mean, this weekend you assume you have Gutierrez go in the first game. Well, actually, they have Centillion slated. Gutierrez will pitch on Friday. And then I would assume you have Castro followed by probably Mali again. So, you know, it's going to be another good young test for the rookies. Um, excuse me. Centillion needs kind of a ba- uh, bounce-back performance a little bit. Another good test for uh, for Gutierrez. So, you know, we'll see how he's able to, to handle that situation. Yeah. We will see. We will see. They have an off day tomorrow, but they take one of two from the Minnesota Twins. While I would have preferred the sweep, they do get a win, and they uh, they do beat Minnesota today by a score of 10-7. to 7. Currently, three and a half back in the division, so we'll see what the, what the Cubs and uh, Brewers end up doing tonight. Yeah, because the Cubs have who? Who do they? The Cubs got Cleveland, and the Milwaukee Brewers have the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks, which that's not a guaranteed. I mean, Cub, Cleveland and Chicago uh, having good years, both 40, 40 win ball clubs right now. Uh, Milwaukee's got forty wins as well, and the Diamondbacks are. Uh, they won. They won the game good. yesterday, five to one. The Diamondbacks being so. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you got to get a win at some point. I mean, God, it's just crazy, these teams, you know, how the Cardinals still in it. They look like they were floundering. It's If one of these teams could just beat all the bad teams they play, they right. could make up some pretty good ground. I mean, you remember, it was just last week, it seemed like they were all on win streaks besides the Cardinals and Pirates, but, like, the Cubs had, it like, a seven-game, Milwaukee had six, Cincinnati five, and now in their last ten, Cubs are four and six, Milwaukee's four and six, Cincinnati's five and five, St. Louis four and six. Nobody, uh... Nobody really wants to jump too far above 500 in this division, it seems. It'll be interesting to see what the ball clubs do at the trade deadline. Because you got to imagine the top three teams, right, or even top four. I mean, the Pirates are out of it. But you have a realistic shot in the NL Central for the Brewers, the Cardinals, all four of the Cubs. Are in mean, it. They could all go for it. I don't think anybody's going to wave the white flag going into uh, the you All-Star break. If you all get into the... T- I mean, it'll probably change a little bit in the next few weeks here, but if you all get into the All-Star break only separated by three or four games, I mean, all you better be going for it because you yeah. all have a shot to, to win the division. And that's why it's so tough because I, and, and why I said it was a guarantee. You need a win yesterday because, again, you got to beat the bad ball clubs to try and make up ground on the teams that are ahead of you. And they're not ahead of you by much. And the Reds... You know, for better or for worse, you know, they're average right now. I mean, they have a subpar pitching staff, but, you know, the, their bats can take them far. They just have to have the uh, the pitching. I don't know about far. Well, they, they could. They the, might take them to. Are they the favorites to win the NL Central? Probably not the favorite. No. But would you be surprised you know, if they won I, mean, I guess the funny thing is if before the season you, you'd asked a Reds fan on June 22nd you're going to be 36 and 36, they'd probably be like, oh, no, really? <laughs> but yeah. now, you know, expectations, geez, expectations change throughout the season. And, uh, you know, once you see the kind of lineup they've had and some of the historic, you know, run production they've had at points this year and their top 10 in pretty much every hitting category, they have some, they have good enough starting pitching. Right. I mean, in a series right now, if best of five and your first three with how it's going right now would be Miley, Miley, Miley and uh, probably Gutierrez at this point. I mean, with the, with the way they've thrown the ball and Castillo's in there too, you feel, per, you feel okay about it with the bats you have with that starting pitching. But then it's like, well, if we're not winning by eight going into the seventh, we're going to be in some trouble because, uh, you know, our bullpen's probably going to give it up. Yeah. Again, bats are good. Starting pitching decent. You know, you like what you've gotten out of your starters. It's just you got to fortify that bullpen. I don't know how. You got to take a look. You, know, you got to figure it out. Either way, we got to send it to a quick break right here on the Sports Fan. We still have that open giveaway that I had last Thursday, but if you know the team that the Reds beat in the first professional baseball game back on, or back in 1869, who did the Reds beat? And I want the name of the team 
and you can get yourself a Mike Moustakas bobblehead or a Shogo Akiyama bobblehead. I think there's an Eugenio Suarez with two other guys in the bobblehead. We just got a couple new ones from the Reds. But if you're interested in winning either of those bobbleheads, plus you get in the uh, uh, MLB Network bag. It's red. It's got the nice uh, Cincinnati Reds logo on it. If you're interested in winning that, just get me the name of the team the Reds beat in the first ever professional baseball game played in the year of 1869. Call in 740-592-6646. And we'll be right back after this. This is the Sportsman presented by J&K Contracting at 970-97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Welcome to Sweet Tea USA, where we know our sweet tea, and we like it sweet. Sweet in the morning to get you through the day, sweet in the evening to put a smile on your face. And McDonald's knows sweet tea, too. That's why you can get any size sweet tea for just a dollar. Plus, with insulated large cups, your drink stays cold longer. Here in Sweet Tea USA, everything is a little sweeter. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal as compared to prior large cup. What in the world is going on now? Find out every weekday at 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. on the World News Roundup from CBS News Radio and on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Sports Fan 970, 97.1 FM WATH. 6.38 on the clock in the WATH studios, and again on this 22nd day of June. Yeah, nice weather out today, again. Yesterday, torrential downpour, lightning everywhere. I didn't really want to leave the uh, leave the station. Coming out earlier today, the Mid-American Conference released some preseason All-Mac rankings. Right, All-Mac Conference teams for the preseason. And Ohio only has one member on the first team for the preseason rankings, and it's on offense. And I know Joey already told you who it is, but if you had not heard, if I did not tell you maybe about you know, 40 minutes ago or so. I told who? Wait, what? Well, I, I told you who was on the first team. Oh, yeah. Prior to. But oh, I if I had you... not told you, right. who would you have guessed w- would have been the first team? DeMontre Tuggle? Yeah. <laughs> and DeMontre Tuggle was the first team running back, uh, two running backs on the first team, uh, Tuggle and uh, Kevin Marks out of Buffalo. Those are the two preseason first-team members, and Ohio does not have a first-team member on defense or special teams, but Tuggle does make an appearance on the second team in special teams as a kick returner. You saw him make a couple of uh, nice kick returns uh, in that shortened 2020 season. And Tug- ran ran two back, didn't he? Yeah. And I, I saw Tuggle emerging in that 2019 season. Right, because you had O'Shawn Allison, you had um, yeah, a, a couple of Julian Ross. Julian he, was, Ross. he was banged up a little bit. Um, but with Allison it's kind and of Ross, the story of his career, unfortunately. Right, and then, uh, but that year, you know, the featured guy was more O'Shawn Allison. Right, he was kind of the workhorse, the featured back that uh, got most of the carries, and from time to time, I mean, Tuggle. To me, it seemed like he was utilized in a third down slash two minute drill type of uh, type of situations. More of a receiving back out of the backfield, or when you're looking to speed the defense up, he would come in. But you know, both Ross and Tuggle, or excuse me, both Ross and Allison were both kind of banged up for that first Central Michigan game last year, and and Tuggle got the chance to kind of be the featured back, and you know, he he didn't waste the opportunity, and then. Uh, the next couple of games he played against Akron and Bowling Green, I mean, he, he just tore it up. I think he was averaging almost 200 yards a game, and which in most years would, in any conference, would probably have you leading in rushing. But uh, Buffalo had the Patterson kid that was running for like a million yards a game. So, you know, obviously he kind of got outshined in that. But he does get the nod. Uh, it's uh, kind of cool. Yeah. Um, you know, 
obviously Curtis or um, Ronnie Rogers weren't going to be on any of these lists at quarterback at, at last year. I mean, it's hard to judge. I think for this year, you kind of got to look at previous years. I mean, I, I know usually the preseason thing, you look at what they did the year prior, but, you know, a team like Ohio played three games. Some other teams, you know, in the same boat. Um I don't. Very few MAC teams got to play out their entire, you know, intended six-game schedule. Because remember, the MAC was very late to decide to play football. You know, kind of like the Big Ten. They were, they were, you know, pretty late on on that train. So, and it was only three games that Ohio was able to play, right? Yeah, I mean, it was yeah, six the other three got, you know, yeah. uh, postponed. And I still haven't heard anything. I've seen teams around in the area. Uh, I, I saw earlier today. I don't know if anybody would remember Tony Castricone, but he was on the air here for a while. Uh, when he was going to Ohio University, uh, Cash is now the voice of the Washington Huskies, and the Huskies have announced that they're going to be full capacity coming up for this upcoming season. I remember Toledo, I believe, announced full capacity as the first team in the Mid-American Conference to announce that, but I haven't heard anything about Peden Stadium, but since all of the you know, COVID regulations in the state of Ohio are no longer in effect, you would have to imagine that that Peden's going to be at, at at full capacity coming up uh, for this, you know, twenty twenty one season. Yeah, um, yeah, you're, you're, we're you know certainly hopeful that uh, that's that ends up being the case for sure. Um, but obviously, we'll, we'll we'll wait and see. I mean, the university did just I think it was last week end up lifting the the mask mandate uh, on, inside their buildings. So, you know, one step at a time to right. uh, figure all that stuff out. And they're still doing regarding Ohio University. They're still doing six-foot social distancing inside, even though there's no masks? I was trying to read, I'm trying to remember the... Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't have to step inside a, a campus building for the summer, so... <laughs> right. You know, I uh, haven't, I just, I, I do know the mask thing got lifted last week. Right. Uh, other team members on the offense. Let's go through the offense first for Ohio. They have a second team member, Athens' own Ryan Lerman. Uh, Lerman, of course, is a tight end. Uh, over on the third team, Kurt Daniker, Daniker, offensive guard. Uh, and then on the fourth team, Ohio did not have anybody on, on offense for uh, preseason All-Mac conference teams. Four teams seems like a bunch. <laughs> like, All right. I mean, listen, you pay attention to the guys on the first, second, a little bit to the guys on the third, and then the fourth team guys. Uh, you know, names to, uh, it's like a dark horse category, right? Somebody who can emerge and I mean four t- that's a quarter of the of the conference there <laughs> yeah. but again I mean, he's got the four teams what do, what do you, it's true what do you want me to say I mean yeah, <laughs> that's how many guys he wanted to rank you. It's a lot uh, of... uh, on defense Ohio has nobody on the first team nobody on the second team third team member Kai Caesar defensive tackle yeah he didn't he was a little banged up last year didn't get the I don't I don't, I don't remember if he even got to take the field last year. If he did, it was in a very limited capacity. But I know uh, when we would talk to J.L. Curvin a little bit last year, he was one of the guys that uh, he brought up as could he could be one of the one of the key guys on the defensive side of the ball if he uh, ever got healthy to play last year. Um, so you know we'll see if he can you know kind of get that season back after being banged up a little bit last year. But he is supposed to be a force on the inside. So good to see him getting recognized despite not really getting the uh, the reps to play. Uh, in front of the people who voted on this last year. And then linebacker Cannon Blouser on the fourth team for Ohio. And, uh, again, it'll be nice to see Caesar. It'll be interesting to see what Ohio can get out of Blouser. And then on special teams, the only member from the Bobcats is, uh, again, kick returner Demontre Tuggle. And I would even set to argue that Tuggle should uh, they could have been first team on that. Again, it's preseason. Preseason doesn't matter. Um, but what this does tell you, Joey, is, you know, you take a look at this as a whole. You can count the amount of guys that, that Ohio has ranked on this, you know, preseason ranking. And you take a look at the other teams that are kind of listed multiple times here throughout, you know, first, second, third, and fourth. Uh, it doesn't seem like there are a whole lot of high expectations for this football team. And while, yes, you know, the quarterback situation might be in flux uh, between Armani Rodgers and between Rourke, um, you know, it's. It will be interesting to see what happens I for think, this year. Yeah, that's just the biggest question: is are we, you know, is Ohio opting to do this this two quarterback type of thing, which everybody kind of crucifies, except 
uh, <laughs> inside of the building there. Um, and I know last year was kind of an experimental year anyway, so it, you, you can try to figure that out. But it, it was clear that by the play calling, they trusted Curtis Moore throwing, and they trusted Armani Moore running. Right. Um, you know, uh, Armani only had to throw a, a handful of passes when he was in there. There weren't any, you know, designed really run plays for Curtis last year, whereas there were for Armani. And don't get me wrong, when Armani Rodgers runs football, he's fast, he's a big guy, you know, kind of like a Cam Newton type of build. I'm not equating the talent level, but just in the way they look, I mean, he's a big, strong kid when he runs the football. Um, and he gets downhill pretty quick for his size, too. And I think you do have to utilize him in some way, but we we don't have any kind of sample size of what he can do throwing the football. Right. And maybe, you know, we're not going to get a sample size of him throwing the football. Maybe they see, you know, Armani Rodgers in practice and have determined he can't throw it. I mean, it, it, we haven't seen it from the outside. We haven't been to practice, so we're not seeing what, you know, they're doing inside the building. Uh, but, you know, we... It, it was blatantly obvious last year, like you said, Joey. You know, Rourke was the one who was going to pass. Armani Rogers was going to run the uh, run option play. So you got to figure something out. I would prefer, this is just me, just one one quarterback, pick one guy and stick with him. Um, but you do also have to take into account Tim Albin knows what he's doing, right? I mean, this offense over the past couple of years has you know, just put on runs, uh, put on, not runs, I'm still in baseball mode, but they have put up points uh, left and right. They've broken a couple records over the past couple of years. So Tim Albin is a good offensive coordinator. He is going to figure out a way to put up the most points on the board as possible with whatever talent he has in that room. And when we had him on the sports fan not too long, oh, I, I guess it's has been a little, little while ago, uh, but when we had Tim Albin, you know, he was... You know, singing the praises of the guys that he did have in that room. So I, I have all the confidence in Tim Albin at this point uh, to figure things out going into the football season. And maybe, you know, they're able to uh, exceed expectations not only in this preseason poll that was uh, the preseason All-Mac that was put out by Phil Steele, but also exceed expectations inside the conference as well. It is a, I mean, they're going to have a tough go of it non-conference. I mean, you have three out of the four are really tough games. I mean, Syracuse coming here, obviously an ACC school, not the cream of the crop in the ACC by any means, but bigger program, and uh, they have had success in recent years. And you go, Duquesne comes here, you know, that's your that's your FCS opponent. You you assume they they should take care of that game. You go to Louisiana, a team that's been ranked the past couple of years. Who you remember in 2019 in Curtis Rourke's senior year, they came here and blew the doors off the Bobcats. Uh, and I think, you know, obviously people had much higher expectations for that team than this one. And then you go to Northwestern, uh, you know, a team that's, you know, been very solid in the Big Ten under Fitzgerald for, for you know, 10-plus years now. So you're going to figure out what they're made of very early on in the season. Uh, Mac, Mac's interesting. I would have gave it to Buffalo early on, but their coach, you know, ducked off to, to Kansas, and, you know, I think like 10-plus guys have left with him. So, you know, We'll see how they adjust to that. Uh, I don't think that makes them the favorites anymore. You know, Kent State's going to be tough with, with you know, the, the quarterback up there. crummy has been there for a few years as a starter, so I think they're going to score a lot of points. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I think Ball State's was a pretty solid club this year as well. Um, it's kind of up in the air right now, though. We will see. We'll see what happens. Bobcats have a lot of proof and a lot of uh, you know, room to improve in this preseason poll, and I'd rather them be the underdogs than be the favorites and miss the expectations. I like, not really in all situations, but I like the bar set low and then seeing how far that they can exceed it. Yeah, is that a good mantra for everything? Probably not. You want to set the bar up pretty high and then exceed that too, but, you know, we're just dealing with what we have in front of us right now and, you know, people outside, Phil Steele, put the bar pretty low for Ohio. So let's see what they can do coming up for next football season. Still have another segment to go, uh, 6.50 on the clock, and we'll be right back after this. This is the Sportsman, 970-97.1 FM, WATH. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the Sports Fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. 
Hi, I'm Kim. And this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show. Well, it's probably not, it's the, not the Kim and Ruth Show. It's really... <laughs> I don't know. Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics and all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. You good? Anything you want to talk about? Here if you need me. Just want to check in. Appreciate you. Everyone feels less than okay sometimes. They may not want your advice, but they may welcome your ear. Be present is a simple but powerful way to be there for others, especially now when many are separated. Help teens and young adults find their power, conquer the difficult times, and get to a better tomorrow. Be present, Ohio. Sponsored by the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation and aired in cooperation with the OAB and this station. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call JK Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Local teams, local opinions, the sports fan on 970 WATH. <laughs> Back inside the WATH studios, it's a sports fan right here at 970 97.1 FM. Also streaming online at 970WATH.com or you can go to WXTQ.com slash WATH. Get the stream anytime, anywhere. And uh, also follow us on Twitter, WATH, WXTQ Sports. We try to keep you updated on all, uh, everything that's happening here in the Southeast Ohio area. The one thing that I saw come across as we wrap up the program here, and again, before we wrap it up, we got about seven more minutes left. If you have an answer to the trivia question, you can get yourself a Mike Moustakis bobblehead looking for the name of the team the Reds beat in the first professional baseball game played in 1869. If you get me the name of the team the Reds beat, pretty easy. I mean, you can Google it. I Googled to try to find the answer, but if you want to, Call into the sports fan, 740-592-6646, 740-592-6646. Just looking for the name of the team, and you can get yourself a Mike Moustakis, a Shogo Akiyama, Bobblehead, whichever one you want, and a uh, Cincinnati Reds bag as well. One thing I saw scrolling across earlier today, Joey, was a ranking by a uh, an NFL guy, and this was Chris... Uh, let me get his name here because I want to get his name right. But Chris Sims, former quarterback in the NFL. Chris Sims put out his quarterback rankings. He ranked the top 40 quarterbacks in the NFL this year. And he had Joe Burrow as the third best in the NFC. Or what, what's the uh, AFC? The NFL. Right. N- NFL. 17th best <laughs> in the NFL. Big grief. Third best in the division. Just above uh, 22nd ranked Ben Roethlisberger out of Pittsburgh. Right? Your top four, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, and everything off the fields uh, disregarded when ranking uh, Deshaun Watson. You're not even sure if he's going to play this year or not because of everything that's been going on you know, off the gridiron. But, uh, again, his talent on a football field uh, is not in question. He's uh, one of the best quarterbacks out there. Um, you know, Again, off off the football field, those issues are aside for this specific instance. But uh, you know, I have to agree with a lot of what he's got. Uh, he did rank Joe Burrow 17th because he thought you know Joe would not be 100%. I think you know if Joe's going to play, if he's going to play Week One or maybe even a preseason game, I think he he should just go all the way and get ready for you know Week Number One. Uh, but I, if he's going to be out there on the field, I got to imagine he's at 100%. And if Joe's at 100%, I got to imagine that he's better than quarterbacks such as, you know, guys that are ranked above him, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, Justin Herbert, um, you know, Ryan Tannehill. I, I, I just think if he's 100%, Joe is a, a better quarterback than a couple of guys I just mentioned. I don't think he's better than Herbert right now. 
I'll put it out there. Um, but well, if if Joe didn't get hurt, I know Herbert won the the Rookie of the Year last year, right? Sure. If Burrow didn't get hurt, I think Joe's the Rookie of the Year. I disagree. He, I think Herbert was going to overtake him. Really? And you don't know what kind of season would have went throughout the rest. But I, nah. I again, I thought that Joe was better than Herbert. But you know, he got hurt. Herbert didn't. Herbert he, made throws down the field that that Joe didn't sniff last year. I'm I, like. Joe was playing well at the time he got hurt, but that kid, the kid out there in L.A. was, too. He was. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from, you know, Justin Herbert, but uh, two, two good quarterbacks. Two good quarterbacks, and it'll be fun to watch but them yeah. progress throughout um, the years. Yeah, I mean, 17, it's tough. I mean, the guy didn't play a full season in the NFL yet, only got through around half the injury thing. Obviously, that will, you know, you know, obviously Chris Sims took that into factor, too. Uh, I, I think maybe 17 does sound low off the bat, but um, also, you know, there, there's guys in front of them that, you know, hands down just had better years and have more years on them. I agree with you. I think he's better than Tannehill right now. Um, I think he's better than Derek Carr right now, too. And, you know, I, I personally think he's better than, than, than Mayfield as well. Mayfield was 13, I think. Yeah, Mayfield's coming in at 13, and just in the AFC North, the only one above both of them are uh, Lamar Jackson at six. Right, and, you know, Lamar's won an MVP, so right. he's going to be held in high regard. Um, but, you know, maybe it's another chip to put on the shoulder. Uh, if, 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 if Joe needed any more motivation, um, obviously we know he's a very self-driven guy and uh, is determined to, you know, change the culture over there in Cincinnati and try to, you know, get the get the the winning ways they had in the early 2010s back a little bit, and obviously get that playoff win. That uh, that that's what they really need to get off the board there. They've won the division title. They've had winning seasons. Can't get a playoff win. They need to they need to scratch that off the list. Get that monkey off the back there for sure. But um, 17, I think preseason is you know it's a fair ranking. I think when you're making lists like that, once you get out of the top 10, you know the like 11 to 20. Pro- probably aren't separated by all that much really you know it's just kind of your personal preference at that point yeah and the, I, I find to agree the uh, the top 10 you got Mahomes Allen Rogers Watson Wilson Jackson Murray Stafford Prescott and Tom Brady are your top 10 quarterbacks. I was surprised Murray was ranked that high uh, he kind of they kind of tampered out big time late in the year the Cardinals did last year I think my and I get I mean, we talked about these rankings a little bit off air, but I get why Justin Fields is ranked 39th because he's a rookie, and Sims typically ranks rookies pretty low. Uh, but I was also pretty surprised, you know, that he wasn't higher than guys like, you know, Kellen Mond, Trey Lance, uh, you know, Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> you know, again, I, I thought that he was a little bit better coming in than a couple of those quarterbacks. But we'll we'll just wait and see. It's also tough because, you know, you're here and he's not going to be a starter this year already, so... Sure. How highly can you really rank him? Well, that about does it for us today. This is the Sports Fan, presented by JK Contracting at 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. For Joe Lindor, this is Connor Mills signing off. We'll talk to you tomorrow. CBS News is next. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH FM.